Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. Good morning. It's November the 8th and uh, November being the month of Thanksgiving. Uh, we're going to take today and the next couple of weeks and we're going to talk about giving thanks and being thankful. Before we begin this morning, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our gracious Father, we do thank you for your Son Christ and for what it means to us. And we thank you, Father, for living in us through your Spirit, guiding us and directing us. We thank you for your Word that teaches us. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to live for you in this world. And so, Father, in this today as we share, and in the next couple of weeks as we share about this, this idea of thankfulness, I pray that you would encourage us, motivate us, guide us, direct us, move us to be pe people who are indeed thankful, not only in our minds, but in and through our lives. And we ask this, Father, in your Son's name. Amen. So we're going to begin today by taking a look at Thanksgiving from the perspective of what makes God thankful. Now, perhaps uh, you've not given much idea to the idea of, uh, you've not given much thought, rather, to the idea of God being thankful. After all, He is the God of the universe. He created it all. Uh, if He's going to be thankful, maybe He should be thankful to Himself. But maybe there's more to it. So we need to take a look at this, and we're going to do this very simply today. just want to share with you three or four things which I believe the Bible teaches us that God is thankful about, thankful for. Now before I get into that, I want to make a couple of observations about the idea of God being thankful. 
Again, this is not a concept that we often uh, think about. But let me put a couple of thoughts out here for your consideration. The Bible says that we are created in his image. Now, there are a lot of ideas as to exactly what that means, but if you will reflect on studies we've done in the past, especially when we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, the truth is, when we display the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we are being like Christ. For we are acting as he acted. We are doing what he did. And as Paul says in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, we are to imitate God. And listen to Colossians 3, 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving that we have this sense of thankfulness would indicate its source being from God, for we are made in his image. So we might conclude then that, that God must also have a sense of thankfulness. And another thought, the whole idea of thankfulness assumes the presence of something as opposed to the lack of its presence. For instance, when you love someone, you are thankful for them. That is, you are thankful for having them as opposed to not having them. Thus, God can be thankful for that which might not be, but is. For instance, his people. We do not have to worship him. We do not have to imitate him but we do. And when we do, God is thankful. So then let's, let's consider some things about which God is thankful. First of all, he is thankful when we pray to him. One day my uh, youngest daughter came into the garage where I was working and she said, Daddy, would you help me learn to ride my bike? And I have to tell you, I smiled inside. It was probably on my face too. I was just so thankful to know that she wanted my help. Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11 says this, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there among you when his son asks for a loaf, you will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, you will give him a snake? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your own children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? God is thankful. I believe his heart smiles when we come to him and ask of him. 
First Timothy 2, 1 through 3 says, First of all, then, I urge that entreaties, prayers, petitions, and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God. Now, God doesn't need our prayers. It's not a matter of what God needs. It's a matter of what he takes pleasure in doing. God wants to give to us. And he is thankful when we come to him seeking, asking, knocking, because he wants to give good gifts to his children. When we pray, he is thankful that we come to him. And he is thankful when we worship him. When I was uh, preaching at the church in New York, a very faithful young couple in the congregation came to me one day to express a concern. It seems there was a family uh, John knew through his work who had come upon some very, very hard times. And their home was in need of some repair. And John and Kathy wanted to help them, but the problem was because of work and schedules, the only time they were going to be able to go over there and do the work was on a Sunday. And they were concerned about going and helping the family instead of being in church for worship. I told them they should go help that family because it was no less important than being in church for a worship service. Now, I realize in saying that that there are those who might take issue. After all, we are told not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And there are many who believe that Sunday should be a day of rest, like the Old Testament Sabbath. You shouldn't do any work, even though then and now defining work tends to be a, a little bit subjective. My point is, we sometimes equate worship only with what happens here in this building. When we come together on a Sunday and, and we sing our praises and we have prayer and we participate in the Lord's Supper and, and we study together, we think of that as worship, and it is, but that is hardly the extent of worship. Let me challenge your thinking about what Scripture says. There's a passage in Hebrews where the writer is talking about leaving behind the worship in the temple and instead to be strengthened by the grace of God through Christ. In fact, the basic premise of Hebrews is that the new covenant in Christ has replaced the old covenant of law. So then, listen to these words from Hebrews 13. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name, and do not neglect doing good and sharing 
listen to that, do not and do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. If you want to compare New Testament and Old Testament worship, here it is. Worship has always been the offering of sacrifices to God. So when the Hebrew writer uses the language of sacrifice, he's talking about worship. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. He's pleased with that because that is worship. Because you're doing it in His name. You're doing it in His honor. Worship is no longer something you do at an altar where animals are sacrificed. And it's not something you do just when you sit in a building singing songs and listening to sermons. Worship is a sacrifice of praise to God and it is accomplished in how we live and what we do. Again, yes, when we come together, we worship, we sing praises, we lift up God's name, we pray. We meet him at his table. We study his word. And yes, this is worship. But worship is so much more than that. It has to be. It has to be something that happens every day in our lives. And it's not just standing there looking up in the sky and, and praising God. It's opening our lives to people. It's touching people's lives with the love of God. It's ministering to them. It's caring for them. It's helping them. The altar of sacrifice is Christ. And He is in our heart. And everywhere we go and everything we do, we are always at the altar of Christ. And our sacrifices are the things we do in Jesus' name. When John and Kathy went to that family to help them on a Sunday, it was an act of worship because they were doing it in the name of Jesus Christ. Do not neglect doing good and serving for with such sacrifices, worship, God is pleased. God is thankful when we worship Him. And God is thankful when we love Him. When Colleen stepped out of that little white car, As I stood there on the sidewalk in Woodward for the first time, I thought to myself, what a pretty lady. And I wondered what this was going to be like. We were meeting for the first time. After that meeting, I knew I wanted to see her again. There were no guarantees, no promises, no, nothing to seal it as a done deal. It grew into a hope and from a hope to a reality, she didn't have to love me. It was her choice. And I was, and I am, so thankful that she does.
When God created us, he didn't build in a fail-safe. He didn't build a fail-safe into us. He didn't make us so that we had no choice as to whether or not we would love him. He left the choice up to us. He gave us a free will He wants our love, but for it to be love, it has to proceed from our will. It has to proceed from our desire. It has to be something we want. It had to come from within our heart. He offered his love freely and completely without any guarantee that we would respond. For God loved the world in this way he gave his unique son so that whoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life our love is not forced we give it freely and god is thankful for that is what he desires from us god is thankful when we love him and God is thankful when we bring others to him. As you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I enjoy restoring antique radios. And I'm most interested in, the, in the, the wood cabinet radios from the 30s and 40s because I like to bring them back to life. I like to bring the, the beauty of that wood uh, back to life. When I lived in Tulsa, I discovered the uh, Heartland Antique Radio Club, and I joined that club, and I still belong to it. And when I moved to this part of the state, at first uh, I only went back for events. I, I didn't go back for every meeting. Uh, and I decided after I was here for a while that, well, maybe, maybe I could start my own club out here. And so I started working toward that, and uh, I, I figured, you know, there, there must be people out here, too, who are interested in old radios like this and would want to be a part of a club. And so I, I developed this club. I called it the Pioneer Antique Radio Club, and I made myself business cards and flyers, and I even had a website. And uh, I worked on this and promoted it for uh, a couple of months or so. And after several months had gone by, the membership consisted of me and Colleen. Now, I really would have liked to have found more people to join the club, spread the word. I mean, that's how a club usually grows. The people who are the members, they enjoy it and they invite others. Now, while I can hardly compare my radio club to heaven, I can say this. God desires for people to abide with him there in heaven. In that club I was trying to start, I wanted people to join me. I wanted people to participate with me. And the club never went anywhere, and, and uh, Colleen was... Uh, encouraging me to, to start going back to the meetings in Tulsa. 
And I did, and I, I'm glad I did, because I enjoy it very much. God's greatest desire is for people to become a part of his kingdom, a part of his family. God's greatest desire is for those he created to come back to him, that they might join him in his home and live with him forever. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. This is his desire, the desire about which he has done the most to make possible. Now, my radio club, it required an interest in old radios, and and there might have been a small membership fee come due at some point if the, if the club had developed. But very simple requirements, and and anyone who really wanted to be a part of that club could have been, uh, just like the club I belong to in, in Tulsa, anyone who really wants to. I mean, we don't even have uh, membership dues anymore. If you're interested uh, and you want to be a part of it, you can. The requirements for entering heaven are that you be perfect, sinless, righteous, and guess what? No one is. But God has taken care of all the requirements. He has made us perfect, sinless, righteous in Christ. If we are in Christ, if we belong to Jesus Christ, we are perfect, sinless, righteous because we are in Him. Because all of that is who He is. He makes us perfect. He makes us sinless. He makes us righteous in Christ. All that's left for us is to accept the invitation. Does he grab us and force us to enter his kingdom? No. He calls to us. He provides the sacrifice that makes it possible and he bids us to come and accept and he uses people he uses his people to call to invite to show them the love of God and call them to join not a congregation but to join the family of God Jesus said to his disciples, Go therefore, go therefore, 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If we will do this, God will be thankful for each and every person who accepts Jesus Christ as his Savior and will welcome them into his kingdom. God is thankful when his people bring others to him. There is so much you see about which God is thankful. We sing his praises, we study his word and apply it to our lives. We partake of the Lord's Supper and remember the sacrifice of Christ. We imitate him and display the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. We love one another and thereby show the world that we are disciples. And when we pray and when we worship and when we love him and when we bring others to him, He is thankful. In this season, when we tend to focus on the concept of thanksgiving, let us not forget. And we're going to talk about the things that we are thankful for. But let us not forget. God desires to be thankful too. And he is thankful when we pray to him. He's thankful when we worship, not just in a service in a building, but in and through our lives when we are serving others and helping others. When we love him and when we bring others to him. Let us be people who set out every day to make God thankful. Heavenly Father, we are thankful and we want to make you thankful through the lives that we live. Help us, Father, to be the people you've called us to be. Help us to make you thankful. And it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.